We have a very important episode for you today. We're answering the question of, do I need a trust in retirement? Uh, I'm sure that you've, you've probably researched it and there's opinions on both sides that you don't need a trust or maybe you do need a trust. And uh, we have a fantastic guest. His name is Andreas Mazabel, and he is helping us kind of walk through what you want to be thinking about when it comes to estate planning and whether or not I need a trust and the elements that come with the trust and things you want to think about. So uh, very good episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, as we do on every single episode, we have a blog written on this just to help you read it through because a lot of this stuff just, you know, if you're listening to it and you're on a walk in particular, you're on a drive. I know that's how I listen to podcasts. I always do it on my walk. Uh, it can become uh, a little cumbersome. And I, you know, I'm thinking, man, I don't want to forget that. And, and so a lot of our clients and a lot of our listeners say, you know, I listen to the podcast and I go read the blog. So you go to our website, pomwealth.net, go to the blog page, and you can read this article on do I need to trust in retirement. And if you have any questions and you want to talk to us, you'll see uh, at the top right-hand corner of the website, you can click on schedule a call and our calendar comes right up and you can hop on a 15-minute complimentary, no obligation phone call with myself or Merce. But before we get into this episode, we need to do a quick disclosure. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq. Welcome everyone to Secure Your Retirement Podcast. Merce and I are extremely excited to have a very special guest with us, Andreas Mazabel. So first, before I go into it any further, Andreas, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us today. Of course. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So let me tell you why we're so happy. Um, uh, estate planning is something that uh, Merce and I talk about a lot. We talk about it on every single engagement with either a person who's looking at potentially working with us or every single client. We believe that everybody should have their uh, estate plan in place. And for a lot of years, uh, we found that it was rather complicated. Uh, people, we would say, hey, you got to go see this estate planning attorney. You got to go do this. And people would say, yep, I got to get that done. And they come back in a year and they never got it done. And then we met Andreas and we said, hey, uh, how can we partner together? And we actually, with his company, Trust and Wills, are able to make that a very seamless approach to where we can actually get people and get their estate plans put together uh, efficiently, quickly. They don't have to go anywhere. They can do it right from home. Uh, so I know we're going to today, by the way, we're going to talk about trust, but could you give us like the two to three minute version, Andreas, just for the, because it's been a while. We did have Andreas on another episode, but could you get us an overview of trust and wills, kind of like how that's set up and then how, how we work with you guys just to kind of give a picture here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad, uh, glad I made it back for a, for a second round of interviews. So I appreciate you guys having me on here and, and really helping lead with, with education around estate planning and, that's that's actually one why we started Trust and Will. Uh, we've been around for about five years now. 
more than 60% of families don't have an estate plan. And to your point, there's a lot of advisors that historically have always referred to attorneys and we don't necessarily replace attorneys. We in some ways kind of complement the relationship, but we offer state specific estate planning documents in all 50 states. And we really help on making the process easier, more accessible. And I think more importantly, more affordable. That's been one of our biggest learnings is that most people don't actually have very complicated or, or you know, taxable estates or 10 million or, or whatnot. So by providing financial advisors with another option for clients in all states, you're able to actually start, complete, and execute your estate plan from the convenience of your home. And what's really nice is that it's it's never just you. We actually have a full team of support. We have uh, attorneys available in certain states to actually provide legal advice if you actually need that. So I think in short, it's, it's really helping empower folks to one, better understand the importance of estate planning, two, actually have that resource to say, okay, I need to get this done, execute it, and then also be able to make updates and changes. I think this is a this is a thing that historically many individuals and families lacked a lot is, is actually proactively saying, I move states or I'm getting closer to retirement. Let's you know take a look at the beneficiaries and all the decisions that I made maybe years ago, right? And really making sure that people understand the importance of having an up-to-date estate plan in place. Yeah, I think that's spot on because, you know, uh, procrastination is one of the easiest things you can easily, you know, put it on, say, I'll get to it in the middle of the year or at the end of the year. And then th that family never gets around to it. And then we, we've seen the scenarios where you, the documents aren't in place and, and you have that scenario that you were never hoping to be a part of. And, and now, now what do you do? Right. We don't have direction from those legal documents. So it, Wade and I, we put a lot of emphasis on trying to make that scenario and, and with the help of trust and will, it's a little bit, a lot smoother now. And there really is no excuse for procrastination because we're providing the service and, 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 you know, all you have to do is go literally sit down and take 30 minutes to an hour in front of a computer. And now you've got your documents and they can be updated if needed. And, and so um, I think it, it's been great. Part of our process really is that someone comes into say they, they go through our, process of what are your dreams, goals, hopes, and everything when it comes to retirement. And we're going down the line. And one of the first things that we talk about is, hey, is your will in, in order? And if, if not, let's. that's one of the first things that we want to put on the list to check off or trust. And so um, it's been nice and smooth ever since we started working with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's one thing to to really know. And I want to commend the, the practice and the process that you'll have um, there was a Spectrum 2021 study that actually interviewed consumers that work with an advisor. And they asked them, as a consumer, what are the main expectations that you have of working with an advisor? And then what are the biggest gaps, right? Like where are the biggest lack of, you know, the services that you thought you would be getting from the advisor that you're not getting? And two out of the large, uh, two out of the top five gaps were actually wealth transfer advice and estate planning advice. And obviously this isn't to say that, you know, you guys are providing legal advice or anything like that, but I think it really helps point out the importance of how much of a gap there is in consumers not understanding what happens when I die. What is probate? What is a trust? All that. So I just want to commend you all on, on, on how that's been part of a process because this is, this is a big need, right? It's obviously great for folks to have their 
retirement plan in place and social security planning, et cetera. But one of our biggest things is our, our family, our loved ones, charity, whatever that looks like, whatever, however we define our legacy is being able to have that conversation, education, and then really more importantly, to have that plan in place to really help secure that, whatever our legacy means to us. Excellent. So here's what we say. We say there is no question in our minds, everybody uh, should have a will, mm -hmm. a durable power of attorney, a healthcare power of attorney, and their HIPAA forms. Mm -hmm. So we say that one's an easy one. You know, we're both certified financial planners. And when we were taking that uh, exam, it, it pretty much said, I, I was went to a prep course. And in the prep course, it says, if you could read this entire story and they're giving you this multiple choice, they'll make it sound very complicated. And if anywhere in there, you see that they don't have a will or uh, done. That's always the answer. That's the number one thing they need, according to the CFP board. So <laughs> yeah, 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 that was the answer. You could stop reading everything else. If they didn't have a will, that's the number one thing they need. Mm -hmm. But then there's a question that comes up. It, we get the question. And so that's why we wanted to talk to you about it today, is at what point do we transition? And, and in addition to those documents that I just said, said, okay, we need a trust. So I think to start us off, could you give us kind of an overview of maybe the difference between just having a will and a trust? And then we can talk about that into more detail. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So really quick, if I was to take a quick step back. So your basic will documents are going to essentially outline, you know, put on paper in a legally, you know, document, what assets do you have? And how do you want those assets to be transferred over when you pass? There's something in between called probates that if you you know have a will or don't have a will at all, it's going to go through probate. Now, there's some states where it's simple, it's efficient. And then there's some states like California that the probates, which is the court process of a judge actually settling your estate. So if we put this into kind of like a real life example, um, own a home, you have you know taxable accounts and retirement accounts. And if you have no beneficiaries, no will planning in place whatsoever, a judge is now going to be making the decisions on who should be getting those assets and how. Your judge or your judge, judge has no context on your family dynamic whatsoever. So think about that. The importance of, of if you don't have that planning in place, what that actually entails, not for you, because at that point you're not allowed, you're not around, but for your family. So now we go into trust planning and trust planning. One of the main benefits of creating a trust is really one to help avoid probate. So that's where, you know, kind of depending on your assets, the state that you live in, the types of assets that you have. And we'll talk a little bit more about this, obviously, without providing any legal advice during this conversation is, is how and when people really start thinking about a trust. Um, but in short, it can really depend on the state that you live in, the amount of assets to give a more relevant example here in California, if you have taxable accounts. So again, if this is not in a retirement account and if it's above 167,500, don't quote me on the specific amount, but it's right around there, you know, those assets would then go through probate. Right. So from that perspective, does someone in California say, 
well, if I don't do any will-based planning or I do, don't do any estate planning in place and I might have a you know quarter million dollar taxable account and I might own real estate, either a condo or a home, whatever the case might be, knowing that there's risk that if I pass without having a trust, those assets then go through probate. And it's taking roughly on average here in California over 12 months to settle an estate. So that's where that's where one people are like, okay, well, I don't want to have my family to go through probate. I want to have a very detailed outline plan on having that trust in place. And then two, it also helps you give, you know, have much more control over asset distribution. So if you know you have clients that maybe have younger family, you know, younger children, if they have you know, charity intents. So as an example, if I have, you know, three kids, when do I want those assets to be distributed to my kids? Do I want them at 25, 35, 45, whatever that case might be? Do I want to do that distribution, but I want 10% of my estate to go towards a charity, right? So hopefully this is painting a picture that with a trust, we just have so much more control over when and how distributions are actually made. Um, and then a, a point that people value a lot is privacy. Obviously with probate, it's a public process. You can Google you know, a certain estates that went through probates and you can see all the details, right? Sometimes you unfortunately hear about this with you know, popular you know, pop stars or whatnot that didn't have any estate planning in place. So there's obviously that part of a, of a benefit where it's, it's, a, it's, it's, uh, it's private. It doesn't go through the actual court, court uh, place. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. So uh, yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of positive things that come with uh, a trust, um, avoiding probate, being able to maintain control of the assets when you're not there. And, and and it kind of makes you sit down and think things through, really, if you're trying to say, well, you know, I, I, it could be the scenario of, hey, my kids can handle the finances, no problem. So let's give it to them right all at once. Or it could be the other scenario where I don't, I want to limit their interaction with the funds into different, different years or their age, age milestones or whatever it is. So it gives you full flexibility there. But let's talk a little bit on the other side, because some someone could be listening to this and saying, man, this sounds like something that I really uh, would like. And I, what are the other sides of the coin when it comes to a trust as far as, well, you, you got to have trustees, right? And and that that can be a difficult decision for people at times as well. I guess if you're in, in you know, having a, a revocable living trust, that typically you are the trustee until you pass and then you have to appoint someone to carry out your wishes and the documents wishes. So let's talk a little bit about that. The things that people need to know about if they are going to go down the line of creating one of these things, what are the complexities that could come with it? Yeah, it's actually a great question. And I always like to use just, you know, a silly example. So we'll use myself and, and my trust as an example. So 
a trust in its most kind of simple terms, it's in essence, an agreement, right? A legal agreement that in some ways actually creates an entity. So you have an individual. So I have a trust, let's call it the Andreas Mazabel Living Trust. To your point, revocable living trust, it's the most common type of trust. It could be changed, it could be updated, super easy. I am, in my example, I am the trustee, so they are my assets. I am essentially managing the trust so I can make changes to beneficiaries, all that. And I then have what's called a successor trustee, which is who steps in when the trustee is no longer around. And that trustee is essentially going to be in charge and accountable for holding out the instructions that were laid out of my trust. So how distributions are done, gifts, settling the trust, et cetera, that person is in charge of them. And there's a couple of different options. You have, you know, you can obviously choose uh, a family member. In many cases, it could be if it's a more simple estate where it's not, you know, over five or $10 million, many people feel comfortable having that conversation with someone that's obviously responsible, that they trust, et cetera. But also keep in mind, you can always, always hire a corporate trustee, and this would essentially be a corporation, a company that is doing that on your behalf. So I create my trust, I pass XYZ as a corporate trustee comes into play, and they are now, you know, a, as a fiduciary, they're now going to be executing all the decisions that you made on your behalf. Obviously, there's typically a fee for them to be able to do that. But in, in many cases, I will tell you, at least at Trust and Will, we've created about half a million estate plans. Most of our members, because of their net worth, right? We're not focusing, Trust and Will specifically, is not focusing on like ultra high net worth, which I would define over like, you know, on the low end, 10 million and above, I would say probably higher, like 25 and above uh, in net worth. Most folks under 5 million don't need a corporate trustee in many cases, right? So that's where you make those decisions. Again, you can make changes to them. I think this is something that when you first talk about estate planning to, to folks, they're like, oh man, like all these crazy and very important decisions. Yes, they're important. You know, two, we partner with advisors to help provide a lot of that education so that we hopefully are empowering you to make better decisions with your loved ones. But then three, just remember, you can always make changes. Life happens, things change. You can always come back either if you donate with us or with an estate planning attorney where you can go back and make edits and amendments to the estate plan if you need to as well. So let's talk through just a, you know, prior to our starting to record, I, I kind of laid out a simple case and was asking you a question. So let's just talk about a person that got an IRA, they got beneficiary set up for the IRA, and then they got some personal property could be a house, their primary home. They could have a vacation home as well. Um, could you go through the logistics of what they would need to do with this house so that it would be a part of the trust so that it would pass the way they would want it to without having to go through probate? Could you kind of just walk us through what that would look like? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And, and remind me to send you, I actually have an, we have an article that I think would be helpful as, as notes for this episode that helped kind of outline the different options specifically to real estate. Um, but in short, you know, I own this condo before I had a trust, it was under my name only. So if I had passed away unexpectedly, this condo that I'm at right now would have gone through probate. 
because it had no beneficiary. There was no one else on the deed. So just myself would have gone through probate. I now obviously created a trust and that trust is now the owner of my condo, meaning we've done what's called a deed transfer. And this is, you know, you can do this usually with a quick claim deed. And that is essentially transferring the ownership from myself as an individual to a trust. A couple of different options. You can do this directly with the county recorder's office. Uh, we also actually partner with a company called Udeeds that actually help, helps customers do this. So they do the research, the recording, the titling, all that. So that in essence, you would be transferring the, the home or the real estate, even if it's an investment property from your personal name to a trust. I do want to call out the fact there's actually good amount of states where you can actually do uh, a deed transfer on an actual uh, real estate. So if, you know, in my same example, if I didn't have a trust, I could say, I don't have a trust, but if I pass, here's who I want my real estate to go to, which is really nice, right? So again, it can depend on the state, depending their options and availability for real estate specifically, but that's one big part of it. Two, you have taxable accounts. And just in plain English, these could be your checking, savings, CDs, an investment account, right? That you guys may be managing, but that is not under an IRA or Roth IRA. So those are very important, you know, document or accounts to always make sure that you have titled correctly. You know, from very simple, at least make sure you have beneficiaries on there. And then two, kind of depending on the asset levels, that's where you really want to start looking at you know, is a will-based plan going to help cover that and help avoid probate if that's your end goal? And or should we start looking at a trust where you can actually create a trust and put the trust as the owner of the savings account or the taxable investment account? Or in many cases, you can also add the trust as a beneficiary. So I, as an example, have, you know, online accounts under my name, but the beneficiary is the trust and that would actually help avoid probate. Um, retirement accounts without providing any legal advice or tax advice, um, most of the time those are actually not included uh, as a trust whatsoever. So most of the time, most common is for folks to actually have individual beneficiaries listed on retirement accounts. Um, and then if you have any folks that you know are you know getting up towards retirement and have owned a business, Man, estate planning is also a great way to help plan for succession planning for your business as well and really be able to say, you know, is it a sole proprietorship? Is it an, is it an LLC? Is it a corporation, right? Really making sure that you have that covered as well because we do know that many business owners are so in the business that they sometimes really forget to plan for, you know, what if, what if something happens um, and I don't have any planning in place for my business? So if I was to sum up and someone, because we get the question all the time of, you know, do I need a will? I read this article about everyone should have a trust and they, they get they get confused and bogged down on the differences and everything. I think it kind of comes down to the, the moral of the story is you want to avoid probate no matter what state you're living in. You want to avoid probate because it makes the process smoother, probably reduces costs and everything like that. And it gets the assets transferred to the beneficiaries uh, in this in an almost seamless way. Um, 
And so there's a couple ways to avoid probate. And I guess you, you got to start thinking about, well, what type of assets do I have? Am I pretty much, you know, are they cash assets like retirement accounts, investment accounts, bank accounts, and can they have beneficiaries added to them? Uh, if you have a beneficiary, then they are going to get transferred, avoiding probate. Um, but then you also want to think about, do I have other assets like real estate or a business ownership or anything like that? And that's where things, it sounds like, get a little bit dicey, depending on what state you live in, what probate law is in that state. So uh, I think that's where we start to lean to the side of. Uh, it may make some sense to have a trust in that scenario. Ultimately, you need to have a conversation with either an attorney or, or, or an advisor that you're working with to help you point in the right direction. Um, and does that kind of sum it up pretty good? That's there? a great summary. Great summary. Yes. And and to your point, truly, it's it can depend a lot on the state's you know, as an example, Texas, for example, most people don't create a trust. Many people don't because probate is so simple there, right? It's it's a it's a much streamlined process. So, you know, that's where we would definitely help. Um, hopefully, make sure that your clients are engaging with you know with either an estate planning attorney, getting some guidance, kind of depending on that specific situation, because it's usually not as as black and white when it comes to estate planning. Um, when it comes to actually making that recommendation, if you will. Well, Andreas, we certainly appreciate you kind of giving us this nice overview. I, you know, it, for listeners that are listening to this, if they're one of our clients or they're becoming one of our clients, we have worked a relationship with Trust and Will where we pay for it all. Uh, we make sure that they have all this in place and we 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 take care of all the costs. But if a person is listening and they're not our client, where can they go if they want to find out about how to get their their will and trust set up? through you guys. Absolutely. Um, it would just be trustandwill.com. And again, we offer the state-specific documents in all 50 states. We offer the trust-based plan that we, you know, spent some time talking about, and then also your kind of basic will-based planning as well. So um, with that said, I appreciate you guys having me on. I will tell you that lack of education continues to be a big barrier. So I truly appreciate how much you guys advocate for making this part of your process and to bring the education to your audience as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on the day. All right, everyone. That wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.